0: 728-WGN. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lisa Dent. My friend, Tom Skilling. Can I call you a friend, Tom Skilling? Oh, you certainly
1: can. I, <laughs> I certainly view you as my friend, Lisa. So yeah, it's good to talk to you. Happy Tuesday.
0: Thank you. Tom Skilling from WGN-TV is with us, brought to you by Seal Basement Systems. Tom, I can't remember if I've ever seen smoky sunshine in a forecast before.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Do you know they burn 35,000 square miles up in Canada? That's an area larger than the size of Indiana. Uh, and this has just been a year without comparison up there. They've got thousands uh, fighting those fires, and you can imagine how tired they are because this has been going on for months, and we're still a month away from the typical peak of the Canadian fire season. So what happens every time the steering winds turn in from Canada, down comes this smoky layer that produces these gorgeous sunrises and sunsets. But unfortunately, uh, you know, it's messing up our air quality. We've got unhealthful to unhelpful for sensitive folks uh, characterization of the air quality today from uh, the EPA. Uh, and how often have we seen this hazy uh, veil across the sky with its orangish cast? Uh, this summer. It's been something else, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's terrible. And now Greece is on fire. But let's talk about the temperatures and the heat index. Can I ask one question? What is the sure. difference between heat index and feels like temperature? Is there a difference or is None. it the same thing?
1: Just, just the terminology. Okay. Uh, it, you know, we we actually technically refer to them as apparent temperatures, because what they do is they, we perform a lot of uh, calculations And they try to simulate the effect of evaporative cooling of perspiration from our skin uh, and also the effect of wind that may be blowing along with the temperature so that we're trying to quantify what the air actually feels like. Because the temperature, uh, just stating the temperature reading, if you've got a high humidity, doesn't really fully cover the way we're reacting. Our bodies are reacting to the heat. When you increase the humidity, uh, in the air, as we'll do dramatically in the next couple of days, we'll get uh, Gulf Coast, Amazon, River Valley levels of humidity. You cut down on our uh, the ability of our bodies' uh, perspiration to evaporate. And that's one of the ways we cool off because when you evaporate moisture, you take heat out uh, and at the same time. it's You know how when you get out of a shower or a swimming pool or a bathtub, you reach for the towel quickly to dry off because you feel kind of cold. Well, the reason you feel cold is because that water is evaporating from your skin and taking heat out of it. Well, that process during a heat wave will try to cool us off a little bit. And if you put a lot of humidity in the air, you don't do it. Uh, you don't cool off. So the heat index is an attempt to describe uh, you know, interference with that evaporative cooling process because of all the humidity in the air. That's what it is. It's like the um, it's like the summer equivalent of the wind chill index that attempts to quantify what wind does to our human
0: flesh in the winter time, uh, and so, are we going to see? Are we going to see triple-digit heat index numbers yeah. this week? Yeah, it it, it looks that way.
1: Um, I'll tell you, critical to how hot we get each of the next couple of days will be these little thunderstorm clusters that fire around the periphery of this expanding hot air dome that's coming into the Midwest. So uh, these thunderstorms mix down cool air and can temporarily interfere with the warm up and even drop the temperatures. The rain brings the cool air down to the surface for a time. But then the winds blow the heat back into the area, and you end up warming up, uh, you know, uh, 12 hours or so after the thunderstorms depart. So I think what's going to happen, Lisa, is we'll get up uh, today, for instance, to around 94 inland. We'll stay in the low and mid-80s downtown along the lake because of a lake breeze. Tomorrow we'll get back up to 94, presuming scattered thunderstorms in the morning break to allow the sun to come out and begin heating the air there'll be another lake breeze tomorrow we may pop a couple more late day thunderstorms tomorrow then thursday may be rain free in the hottest of the days because we won't have rain cooling things off but then storms will fire again in the hot humid air on friday and the uh, bottom line is we think 94 inland today probably near that tomorrow a uh, cooler at the lake uh, low and mid 80s there and then the mid-90s on Friday as well. So we've got some hot air. And the heat indices will be up uh, approaching 100 degrees, if not in the 100 to 105 range on some oh, days.
0: That's It's rough. going to get humid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and always warm. Thursday. Thursday, I'm hosting the Pause Chicago Beach Party at Navy Pier. And oh. every year during that event, we see the hottest temps in the city. and it's so um, you're
1: the one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why it's doing, I, you know, you jigs this, uh, doing that wonderful work with pause, and, uh, you know, Mother Nature says, oh, she's out there again,
0: let's heat it up, you know? And, <laughs> hey, Tom, I saw a very strange cloud this morning, one I've never seen uh-huh. before, and it was vertical. There were no other clouds around it. It seemed vertical and almost like a ribbon going oh. up, is, is well, it what... What is
1: that? What you're describing, Lisa, is one of these standalone uh, cumulus clouds. You know, uh, cumulus clouds, those cottony summertime clouds that decorate the sky, they form when the air rises and cools. If you put humidity in that air, and we've got it, uh, and we're going to have more of it in the next couple of days, allowed to continue developing, those are the kind of clouds that ultimately develop into thunderstorms. Uh, now, I don't think we'll see any today, but tonight we'll get some scattered storms to start popping. But when they stand alone like that, aren't they a sight to see? It's really yeah. interesting to look at them.
0: It really is, because it's not something you see very often, so then you stop and yeah. pause and go, hmm, what's that? I'll ask Tom about that as we ask you about everything. We'll talk about the Ring of Fire next. Tom Skilling from WGN-TV is with us. Right now, Mary's got a check on the current temps and, of course, traffic. 720 WGN. So, Tom, Tom Skilling from WGN-TV is with us. Uh, the hottest week of the season so far, obviously.
1: Yes. Yes, the hottest temperature we've had up to this point was a 93 degree day back on June 24th. You know it's pretty amazing. But you know something else interesting about today, Lisa, this is the day of the highest normal temperatures of the year. From this point on, the temperatures start dropping off as our days continue shorting. We have getting shorter. We have 35 minutes less daylight today than we did back on June 21st, our longest day here in the northern hemisphere. And we'll lose another 88 minutes of daylight by the end of August, uh, the month soon to uh, you know, come upon us. So uh, the day is getting shorter. It's been a very slow process. We lost about a minute and 51 seconds of daylight today compared to yesterday. And But with time, that takes a toll on the temperatures. And so the temps will start coming down slowly. But then believe me, there's plenty of hot weather left in the system uh, beyond this date. We're not done with that yet. It's just begins, on average, cooling down a little bit. So we're what, at the height of the summer right yeah, now.
0: What is the ring of fire?
1: Ring of fire is, is um, what it is, is when you get a hot air dome, thunderstorms uh, don't form in the middle of the hot air dome, uh, like the one that's expanding in here. That's what's been sitting and breaking records over Texas and the southwest, areas like that. Well, that hot air dome is expanding, and around the northern flank of that thing, you get these clusters of thunderstorms to develop. There's a jet stream that moves along the northern flank of those uh, hot air domes, too. So what's happening is, um, as the hot air dome expands, the jet stream carrying thunderstorms expands into our area. And so every now and then, we're going to get a cluster of thunderstorms, and these can be severe um, and produce downpours when they occur. But they tend to be separated by many hours from their subsequent uh, thunderstorm clusters. So we'll get dry hours or rain-free hours in there, uh, which should allow the heat to build, and then that heat will fuel these little clusters of thunderstorms that are part of this so-called ring of fire pattern. And and the reason that term's come into being is if you look at a satellite picture of a country when you get one of these hot air domes, you'll see the, the circular motion of thunderstorm clusters all around the hot dome, and we call that a ring of fire. And it's pretty evident when you watch a satellite animation of the storms moving around these hot air domes that it does look like a ring.
0: Hmm, interesting. So this hot yeah. weather that we're getting this week—it's—it's it's exactly what Phoenix and the West Coast has experienced over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Now they have benefit of lower humidity, so they get hotter than we do, and uh, they don't have—they're uh, just starting to get the monsoonal thunderstorms out in Phoenix and all. It's been late in arriving this year, which is one of the reasons why that heat has gone on so interminably down there. Uh, But yeah, it's the same hot air dome developing up our way. We, fortunately, are going to sit on the northern fringe of it, of this hot air dome. So every now and then a thunderstorm cluster will come along and temper the heat. Otherwise, we'd be headed into the hundreds the way they were down in uh, Phoenix uh, and Texas in recent weeks and months. Uh, We probably will not get that hot, but our temps, if everything were to go right, might hit 100 in a spot or two in coming days, particularly beyond uh, tomorrow's scattered thunderstorms uh, on Thursday, for instance. So we'll keep an eye on that.
0: And you've always pointed out that heat is the most dangerous weather condition, that we lose more people to heat, to hot temps, than we do in the, tornadoes. Is yeah. that That's true, right?
1: It is absolutely true. More people die from extreme heat. Uh, than die from any other form of, uh, you know, extreme weather. That includes from floods, from tornadoes, from hurricanes. Heat is a killer. It's a silent killer. We don't see it the way we do a tornado that blows houses away and all the rest, or a hurricane that brings a storm surge into the coastline. But, yeah, you know, there was a news story. The Financial Times reported in Phoenix, for instance, the other day, uh, their death toll, uh, according to the Financial Times, uh, and this was a couple days ago, was up to 279 due oh. to heat-related diseases. And heat deaths are, are really insidious. We saw it in that July 1995 heat wave. Do you know that's the most deadly natural disaster ever to occur in Chicago? We've had tornadoes. We've had flash floods. We've had blizzards. But more people died in that heat wave in July 1995. Over 700 uh, poor souls lost their lives in that thing, and uh, you know, in those days, we didn't know the threshold at which people started dying. We knew it was dangerous, but studies have been done since then, and it turns out if you can get three nights where the temperature doesn't drop below 80, and three days where the heat indices go over 100, that's when you start getting an elevation in the number of people that die. And Heat deaths are insidious because they don't always happen as the heat's occurring. People can die of um, uh, heat-related causes a a month or two after the heat wave that produced the the illness uh, that they're suffering from. Uh, It takes a while in some people for that to occur. And normally they've been listed as respiratory failure or cardiovascular failure or something like that. They aren't listed as heat deaths. But uh, we know now to look more for the conditions that heat has produced and see that every heat spell is accompanied by an elevated loss of life unless you are proactive and look in on the elderly or open cooling centers, which our city has been very good about doing since 1995.
0: Absolutely. I was reading an article on CNN about the impact that hot weather has on planes taking off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Um, the density of the air drops so when it's heated tremendously, the uh, air molecules spread out when you get hot air, and therefore the wings don't have the lifting power. There was a heat wave in Phoenix a couple years ago where they actually had to stop air traffic because the planes didn't have a, the, the air wasn't dense enough to support, you know, the kind of weight that most planes haul around uh, with passengers and cargo and so forth. So, yeah, you have to go farther down a runway uh, and accelerate uh, more to get the plane off the ground in hot air because the density of the air drops off. So, isn't that something?
0: Yeah, I ha- I was unaware and I was reading it and I thought, when I get on a plane, I don't even think about that. <laughs> but now I will. No. Now I will. Yeah, uh, so, exactly. Tom, um, give us our forecast, like now through Saturday, what can we look forward to? Well,
1: tonight will turn partly cloudy, and there may be 20 to 30% coverage, scattered thunderstorms late tonight. Tomorrow, there could be some scattered thunderstorms in the morning. Then a partly sunny period where we heat up to the low 90s. Uh, It'll be a little cooler on the shoreline. And we'll pop some additional thunderstorms later tomorrow. Then Thursday, mostly sunny, hot, humid, hazy, and smoky the next couple of days. With uh, highs going into the mid-90s on Thursday, again, a little cooler at the lake. And Friday, partly sunny, a few thunderstorms high up in the mid-90s again, cooler at the lake. And uh, probably upper 80s to near 90 on Saturday. And day we'll see some scattered thunderstorms, not all day rains. And we are outlook for potential severe weather tomorrow. So if these storms develop and where they develop, uh, there could be some that we have to, some warnings for. So we'll keep an eye on that.
0: Interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Endure the heat the best you can.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Stay cool and healthy. I'll tell you that. I'll talk to you next week.
0: Tom Skilling. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. And the news from Steve is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.